This episode is brought to you by Novella Mattresses. I watch shows like My 600 Pound Life all the time, and I see those people who are bedridden. If you were bedridden, would you want to live your entire life on an uncomfortable mattress? I think the answer is a solid no. That's why you need a mattress from Novilla. Meet their Bliss Organic Memory Foam Mattress, perfect for those who want a cool, dry, undisturbed sleep throughout the night made with organic bamboo charcoal fiber, excellent motion isolation, cooling gel-infused memory foam that fits all bed frames and is reasonably priced between $179 and $369.99. Perfect for if you want an inexpensive mattress for you, your children, or even for your guest room. Ever since I got this mattress, I've been struggling to get out of bed in the morning because it's so comfortable. Even Frank loves it as it's his favorite bed in the house. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% on any purchase through Novilla directly. Become just like Grandpa Joe on a Novilla mattress. Again, that's 10% off using promo code SHWEEZY. And a reminder, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. And what is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome to another episode of Cancel Sweezy. Uh, Cancel Sweezy, where I'm white and I am here to save the day. Uh, welcome to the show today. We It's literally our best episode ever. Like, I say that every week, but how could I ever be wrong? Have I ever been wrong about anything? Um, not that I can think of, uh, because uh, one thing, you know, wh- when we were talking about my mouth... That's my hole. That's where it spits. So... Yeah, I don't know why you're going to try to question me. We're barely into the show, and you're already questioning me about, like, my track record of when I've been right and when I've been wrong. Um, and uh, that's uh, very disrespectful. Congratulations. You played yourself. So, yeah, that's, I mean, you played yourself. And I'm sorry that you played yourself, but you have, and you did. You had your chance. You blew it out of sight, out of mind. Shut your mouth. I just can't take it. Again and again and again and again. Since you've been gone, I can't breathe for the first time. Um, anyways, though, like I said, I am white and I'm here to save the day. I help awaken all of you, get you all schwoke, my fellow schwoke lords. You're listening to, like I've always said, you're listening to a WAP, a wet-ass podcast, so... Thank you so much. Welcome to uh, the podcast today. Um, uh, Daddy is very happy you're here. Um, first of all, let's let's talk about what's really important. My music. My music is out on all so uh, on all music platforms. Uh, wherever you stream your music, that could be Spotify, that could be Apple, that could be Tidal, that could be Deezer. You can buy it. Sure, can buy it. Um, Mainly, I release it as a streaming kind of thing, but you can, and you should, and you will, because you're listening to the show right now. And when was the last time you listened to a podcast and you did not follow the directions of the person uh, yelling into a microphone? Um, That's never. You've always listened to someone. So um, I'm going to give you a couple more instructions besides go listen to my music, like Ride or Die Volume 2, or the first Ride or Die, or my EP King, or uh, I have a single... That is um, me do uh, doing a cover of the song, uh, It's Gonna Be May, up there. So you're going to have to check that out. Obviously, you're going to have to check that out. Um, 
For real. That's that. I mean, um, mainly. I identify as a fucking threat. That's one reason. The other reason is. This is the type of guy you get. So why would you try to fight me? Have you ever tried to fight me before? I haven't. Well, actually internally, but not externally. So you're going to have to do that. Um, and uh, like I said, you know, you have to follow the directions of the person's podcast that you are listening to. Why not go follow me on social media? I'm trying to get those numbers pumping up. You know what I'm saying? Woo! Be gone, fuck! And uh, yeah, so follow me at the Shweezy. That's everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Everywhere everywhere uh so go follow me there i tweeted for the first time in forever this week about how marvel should make a what if episode about the Charmin bears using a bidet um they they take big bear dumps and they have to use a ton of toilet paper obviously they decided they're going to use Charmin, but for how many dumps they're taking they're wasting money by not using a bidet and uh, we're pro bidet around here folks if you haven't got a bidet get one Get the, the, the cheap and easy uh, Amazon one, or you can go ahead and get uh, a more expensive one. Get the Total Washlet. If you own a house, what you can do is just buy a new toilet with one installed in it, or you can get the attachable one. I have one of the attachable ones, so... Um, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, without, you know, obviously. Um, but yeah, go do that. And uh, you can also watch me stream on Twitch every Thursday. I don't know if I'm going to be doing this Thursday. That's why you're going to need to follow me on social media to find out when I stream. And maybe Friday? Uh, could be Wednesday. I have not figured out what I'm doing yet or what game I'm going to play. That's uh, also a big thing I have to figure out as well. Uh, so go follow me on Twitch, though. Um, if you have an Amazon Prime account, what you can do is connect the two accounts and get a Twitch Prime, which allows you to get one free subscribe to a channel every month. Following is free, but subscribing is typically like a $5 deal. But if you already have Amazon Prime, then you get Twitch Prime. And uh, why not help out Daddy? Daddy. Hit in the mic. Hit in the mic. I'm so good at hitting the mic. <laughs> um... Yeah, so go do that. Go follow me on Twitch. And if you want to financially support the show, what you can do, I'm telling you folks, what you can do is hit the Patreon up. The Patreon is just the one-stop shop to help financially support me and everything I'm doing in this life and in this world. And don't you want to make me say... And I really like that. Don't you want me to say... I like that. Don't you want me to say that shit? Uh, that's why you need to go hit me up on the Patreon page where you can go check out financially support the show. Um, those are all orders, remember. But however, if you want to do orders that are free, here's the free shit you can do. Uh, if you're watching the show on YouTube, what you can go ahead and do, like the episode, like the highlights, uh, like the highlights you like, leave a comment on the highlights you like. I actually do really enjoy when people have good things to say. Uh, from the stupid shit I say, like a good back and forth and all that shit. Uh, obviously, subscribe on YouTube, too. And if you have a friend who's like, you know, I think they'd be really into Daddy Sweezy. But I don't know where to start. Well, that's where the fucking highlights come in, folks. Uh, what the highlights do, that what the highlights do, um, you can just share small snippets of uh, Daddy. And, uh, then your friends could be like, oh, that was really funny. I'm going to listen to a whole episode. I'm going to listen to this in my car on my drive to work. I'm going to listen to this um, while I exercise. I'm going to watch this on YouTube when um, when I have a, a suitor or another person over, and we are going to make love. We're going to make love while uh, Cancel Shweezy is on uh, one of your devices. Uh, 
And uh, and I really like that. So why why do that? And obviously, if you're on the audio platforms, what you can go ahead and do is uh, uh, obviously subscribe to the show and leave a review. Um, and a five-star review would be really cool. But uh, rate me the way you believe you should be rating me. Don't don't be stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, you know what you got to do. You know you know what you got to do the do. I'm telling you, you're the one who is in charge of your own destiny. And, uh, you know, someone really once wise said, lies what you make it, so let's make it rock. That wise person was Hannah Montana. And uh, I actually think that Miley Cyrus could be Hannah Montana. I'm not, not for certain. I don't want to spread rumors. That's the last thing I want to do on this show is spread rumors. So, um... Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Anyways, though, help me out with the algorithm. That's free shit you can do. Help me infiltrate and penetrate the algorithm. Uh, I like that. Because, uh... This is the type of guy you get. All right. All right. All right. All right, folks. Anyways, though, let's get into Previous Week Right Now. For those of you who don't know what Previous Week Right Now is, uh, Previous Week Right Now is uh, the news of the previous week that I will be going over right now. And uh, I know you're thinking, huh, that's what, I wonder what that title meant. It, it, that's what the title means. It's, I'm going over the previous week and I'm doing that right now. So, um, without further ado, um, as Phil DeFranco would say. Let's just jump into it. Um, this is from BBC News. And for those of you confused, BBC is not slang for big black cock. Well, it is, but not this BBC. It's British Broadcasting Company, or something similar to that. I don't know, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't care. Um, Dog phone could help lonely pooches call owners. Uh, Your dog may be your best friend, but ever thought it might be nice for it to call you if it gets lonely? A Scottish academic has devised a device that allows dogs to video call their owner simply by shaking a ball. The ball is fitted with an accelerometer, which... When it senses movement connects the call, its creators at the University of Glasgow say it could help pets with separation anxiety as their owners return to work after the pandemic. The, the system in the brainchild of Dr. Ilyan... God damn it, this is a hard name. Ilyana Herxigjuk Douglas. That, that's the part. I don't... Okay. A specialist in animal-computer interaction at the University Schools of Computing Science, uh, Dr. Okay, I'm going to have to figure out something. Dr. Hershifu Douglas uh, conducted a series of 16 study days with 10-year-old Labrador Zach over a three-month period. The accelerometer was built with the help of colleagues from uh, Alto University in Finland and concealed inside Zach's favorite toy. The first two days saw Zach make 18 calls, half of which were accidental, while he slept on the ball, suggesting the system was too sensitive. But during several calls where he was awake, he showed his owner some toys they often play with together and approached the screen, suggesting he wanted to interact with her. By the final experimental phase lasting seven days, the accelerometer tuning had been refined and Zach made 35 calls in total, averaging five a day. While many seemed accidental, Dr. Hershey Fu Douglas said Zach showed additional interest, uh, 
pricking up his ears and approaching the screen in interactions where she used her phone to show him things such as her office, a restaurant, an underground station, and a street busker. While the academic said she can't know for sure that Zach was aware of the casual link between picking up the ball and making a call, it was clear that sometimes he was definitely interested in what he was seeing and that he displayed some of the same behaviors he showed uh, shows when we are physically together. Dr. Hershey Douglas said one unexpected consequence of the experiment was that she found herself getting anxious when she placed a call to Zach and he wasn't in front of the camera or didn't approach the screen. This is sometimes something she would consider for the next iteration of the system, she said. Whatever form that takes, we've taken another step towards developing some kind of dog internet, which gives pet more autonomy and control over their interactions with technology, she added. That could help the pandemic puppies find new ways to deal with the stress of being home alone as their owners return to work. One dog welfare charity received reported a 35% increase in people considering giving up so-called pandemic puppies after a change in their circumstance post-lockdown. So I have a lot to say about this. Um, there's the obvious thing, those of you who know me, um, but then there's the not obvious stuff. So um, let's just go into it. Um, I wish these things, I, I guess these things, uh, These first of all, these articles were made for uh, people who... Um, are inside reading people, not people, not uh, jackasses on a podcast trying to read Ilyana Hershke Douglas. And so that's annoying. Um, I don't know. I shouldn't be like name shaming my last, my real last name. My Christian last name is Schwegler. Um, but I don't feel like that one's that hard. Um, once you learn the, the C is silent and it's Schwegler. It's not that hard. Like Schweezy. Um, like the C is silent. That's the easiest thing. Just the C is silent. Some people are like Schwegler or Sweezy. I'm like, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. That stop. Uh, stop. Um, this is the type of guy you get. I identify as a fucking threat. Um, but then, um, then it's like, obviously, um, the other thing is like pandemic puppies. Like you are the worst piece of shit. If you got a dog over the pandemic and then now that like things are going back to normal, you decided that it's like, I don't think I want this dog anymore. Fuck you and fuck everything. That's why we keep fucking having dog pounds and why some dogs are aggressive and shit. Uh, it's cause shitty people shouldn't be allowed to have dogs. That's just, uh, that's that. And, uh, white people, white people. A lot of white people, too, do that shit. And, uh... Pretty bold of you little fucks to assume that I'm not God. There's also something I would like to say to all uh, people who got pandemic puppies who decided that they no longer want them. And especially people who get dogs at Christmas, like, for their kids, and then they're like, uh, I don't want this dog anymore. Fuck this dog. It's going to the pound. Like, fuck you. And, uh, I hope your penis never gets touched. And if you have a vagina, um... I hope it gets so dry that, like, skin flakes off of it. I don't know if that's possible. Um, I don't know, but I hope that happens to you. Like, it gets so dry that skin just starts flaking off. Like, it's like frosted flakes coming off your vagina. Um, also, here, so, but the main thing I want to get into is the practicality of this idea. Um, I live with a dog named Frank. Uh, he is a pug, and uh, if you also didn't know, he is also an asshole. Uh, Frank is um frank is the easiest dog to keep alive like we if he has to go to the bathroom 
Uh, you, you know, you obviously let him out in normal times, but if he really has to go, like, he'll just run to the door, like, scratch the doorknob, <laughs> scratch the doorknob and shit, and then you'll open it up, leave it cracked, and then when he gets done, he just comes right back inside. We don't have, like, a fenced yard or anything, so that's one benefit of Frank. Uh, another benefit, um, like, you can just, he likes to have his food bowl always have food in it, but... He, but he actually is very good at portion control, which is very bad for me, who wants him to get really fat. Um, so I'm gonna start calling him Fatso, um, stuff like that. And and then he, like, I, and he know he knows how to open the door to my room. I'm pretty sure he thinks that we share a room. Um, he always goes to my. I don't know why. Um, he knows how to open doors. Um, I can keep the door closed. He knows how to open it from the inside. Like this dog is stupid smart. And, uh, like I said, he's super easy to keep alive, like, keep him alive, but he has, like, the worst emotional needs, like, hates it when, uh, like, you lock him out of the room at night, he's like, I want to sleep on your bed, I'm like, God. So I imagine we give Frank this fucking thing, um, this fucking call you, it's gonna be non-stop calls, it's gonna be non-stop, like, my whole day, I'm gonna have to have Frank on FaceTime the entire day. That sounds awful, and I don't think I can deal with that. And uh, that's rough, buddy. Um, so I, I imagine Frank uh, just you just get a bunch of squealing and stuff. He's really nice. Like when you come home, he he. I think he only gets excited for me nowadays. Um, he always checks on the door, but he only gets excited when I come home or someone new, like someone else comes over or whatever. He only gets excited for me, and that's that's how you know I'm the best. I'm the best. I'm the best. But uh, also, last thing I want to say in regards to this, um, dog internet. Um, we don't want to dogs to take over the human race. Have you watched any of the Planet of the Apes movies? I don't think I have, um, but I kind of get the gist. Um, don't let them take control of society, I guess. That's the main purpose of the movies. I have to assume that's the main purpose of the movies. Don't let dogs take control, or any animal, uh, rise up against humans. Uh, gotta let them show their place. That's why, um, we, like, Frank doesn't like getting his nails cut. He gets really pissy. Imagine that in charge of you. That's, a. Uh, um. That's rough, buddy. Okay. Yeah, that's all I have to say on that. Ooh, guess what we got, who we got an update on. I like that, and I really like that. Uh, this is from the little from the Tennessean, uh, my hometown. This is I don't know. This is not my hometown. That my town's magazine. Uh, Garth Brooks teaches a masterclass in entertainment at the Ryman Show. What happens when you order a Garth Brooks cocktail? <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> a Garth Brooks cocktail. That's just like a roofie, but you die. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. A Garth Brooks cocktail. What do you get when you order a Garth Brooks cocktail? Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Uh, where are the bodies, Garth? That's a good question. Where are the bodies? Um, some people, the last thing some people saw before the trunk closes was Garth's face. Anyways, let me read the article. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, you start with a hearty pour of George Strait, add a dash of James Taylor, toss in a few shots of Bob Seger, a bit of Randy Travis, and a touch 
Billy Joel. That was not what I was thinking. Okay. Mix it together with plenty of other musical ingredients, and you're served an overwhelming night of overflowing night of Brooks on stage at the Ryman Auditorium. Uh, I think Garth was like holding a gun. I'm gonna kill you and your. I'm gonna kill you and your family if you don't write nice things about me. I'm telling you what. Uh, the Country Music Hall of Famer and seven-time CMA Award Entertainer of the Year returned to the historic concert hall Friday for the first of two sold-out solo sh- nights. Uh, Brooks played three acoustic gigs total in Nashville this week, kicking off Thursday with a one-night performance at the Grand Old Opry House. And unlike the Nissan Stadium show derailed by severe storms earlier this year, this only moment that resembled lightning was when Brooks darted across the stage to onlookers, thunderously smacking the back of Ryman Pews. Not too bad for a guy who once said he was so humbled by the Ryman stage that he didn't step foot inside the room until 2002, years after his career launched. Oh, here we go. People were at the Muller Church of Country Music. Brooks, dressed in jeans and an Oklahoma State shirt, said from the stage Friday night, Forget about the artist that stands on this stage. Nothing but respects happens in this house. Uh, for the for the two-and-a-half-hour show, Brooks played DJ, played DJ for a mixtape of the songs that helped make him. He weaved together a sonic web that drew lines from James Taylor's Carolina In My Mind to Brooks' own The River and Bob Seger's Turn the Page to The Thunder Roll. Uh, Brooks' acoustic appreciation for songwriting, he played parts of some 40-plus songs Friday night. Mood from Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine, to Ed Sheeran's Perfect, Elton John's Rocket Man, George Jones, He Stopped Loving Her Today, Randy Travis, Three Wooden Crosses, George Strait's You Look So Good in Love, and the list goes on. Still, his jukebox shuffle earned highest applause when landing on a Brooks original like the ovation earning acapella audience request the chanting the change honky tonkin two of a kind working on a full house and foot stomping fan favorite Colin Baton Rouge uh, you're just pouring gasoline you're just pouring gasoline on a fire he said after a rowdy ovation I love it uh, I like that uh, between songs, Brooks shared lighthearted moments of his songwriting origin story from nights cutting his teeth inside Oklahoma's bars to chasing his dream as a young songwriter in Music City, enterta- entering the Country Music Hall of Fame and getting a call from Bob Dylan. Sound familiar? It isn't the first time Brooks teamed his musical history with first-class showmanship and an everyman charm. Brooks launched a five-year Las Vegas residency in 2009 that eased the entertainer out of an early retirement before his return to full-fledged touring. His expansive stadium tour, which postponed earlier this year in part due to the surging COVID-19 cases, wraps in 2022. Brooks said a new residency may be in his future. Brooks sold the Ryman show Friday at limited capacity, despite tickets man reportedly reaching the tens of thousands. Audience filled the balcony in the first dozens or so rows of the Tabernacle's ground floor. We're taking, we're talking about doing a residency like this here. Brooks said, we're just trying it out and seeing. And of course, it wouldn't be a night with Brooks without a few songs from Trisha Yearwood. Brooks, a.k.a. Mr. Yearwood, <laughs> invited his hip-making country singer wife for a handful of songs, including a first-time duet of Brett Young's 2018 song, The Ship and the Bottle, a standout rendition of In Another's Eyes, and a couple of cover of Shallow from 2018 blockbuster A Star is Born. Yearwood closed her cameo with a trip to 90s country excellence via with 
withstanding smash single, She's in Love with the Boy. I just love singing with you, Brooke. Oh, sorry. I just love singing with you, Brooke said Yearwood. He never, ever gets old singing with you. Yearwood replied, I love singing with you. Brooks wrapped his initial set with a tribute to Last Call Singalongs, Don McLean's American Pie, Cat Stevens' Wild World, uh, Billy Joel's Piano Man, and a rocious rendition of Friends in Low Places. Fizz bumping front row onlookers and tipping his hat in appreciation to the balcony. He returned for an encore that included a few fan shoutouts, uh, like leading a marriage proposal to She's Every Woman and Night's Final Bow, The Dance. Thank you for... Thank you for the respect you showed this house, Brooks said. Thank you for the respect you showed the music, for Trisha Yearwood, and especially for myself. I love you very much. Love one another. Thank you for my life. Um, so, honestly, uh, the only thing I can really say is this sounds like a good show. However, what's the, what's the, it's, it's like the, um, it's like, yes, I would, I would have a really nice time enjoying him playing music, but I also might die. Not just die, be murdered at the hands of the guy who entertained you. He'll come up to you he's like, thank you for coming out to the show. I really appreciate it. And then uh, he's like, try this Garth Brooks cocktail. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, he, <laughs> then you pass out and then you kind of wake up like your eyes are like, oh, you're kind of phasing in and out. And then you just see, I like that. I really like and the trunk closes, and uh, that's the last thing you see in life, and then you're dead. Um, so it's like, yes, you had a good night and got had a lot of fun, uh, but also you just died. So what are the consequences here? What are we doing? Uh, where are the bodies, Garth? Where are the bodies? And where is Chris Gaines' next album do? I really want to listen to that shit. Um, that's, that's the questions I have for you today, my friend. Garth Brooks, show us, tell me where the bodies are. We need to know. The families need closure. Okay, here we go. Uh, this is from Yahoo Lifestyle. I had to put the lifestyle in there. I could have been just like, this is from Yahoo. But I was like, no, I want you to know this is Yahoo Lifestyle. Um, Tiger King's Carol Baskin breaks silence after missing husband found alive. Tiger King 2 explores the heavily debated fate of Big Cat Rescue owner Carol Baskin's ex-husband, Don Lewis, who mysteriously vanished in 1997 and was later declared dead in 2002. Now, new claims have arisen suggesting he is still alive and living in Costa Rica. Appearing on the UK's ITV show this morning via video link from Florida, Carol addresses the speculations saying she didn't think he would be capable of supporting himself. Joe Exotic, the subject of Tiger King, famously claimed Carol was to blame for Don's disappearance, going so far as to say she fed him to the Tigers, something she has always denied. In Tiger King 2, Don's attorney Joseph Fritz reveals a detective called in, confirming Don was alive and in Costa Rica. When we were talking about Don, the detective got mad at me and slipped up and told me there were federal reports of him alive and well in Costa Rica that he had to overcome, he said. Ray Rodriguez, Don's associate, added he talked about moving to Costa Rica and started over afresh. Don told me he was there to get away from Carol and so he put investments into my name. Don was allegedly linked with a gang that could forge passports with new claims suggesting he changed his identity in the wake of his disappearance. Carol said that while it seems impossible that Don would actually still be alive, she's glad to hear it. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. 
cool cats and kittens or whatever she fucking says. I didn't think that he was capable of supporting himself. He took about one million down to Costa Rica and I had agreed to let him do that so that he could prove to himself that he could make a living. She told the host, and when he we recovered w- what we could out of that year later, it was only about $80,000 because the investments he had made were so bad. So I don't know how it is that Homeland Security says he's alive and well in Costa Rica, but I'm glad to hear it. In 2019, Joe, 58, was convicted on 17 federal charges of animal abuse and two counts of attempted murder for hire to kill Carol Baskin. He was sentenced to 22 years in prison. In Tiger King 2, the former zoo owner is fighting for release via a presidential pardon and would would-be hitman Alan Glover claiming his target wasn't Carol but Joe himself. Carol was slammed... Carol has slammed the producers for creating a series based on lies by focusing on a made-up feud with Joe rather than focusing on animal abusers. She and her husband, Howard, are currently pursuing legal action against Netflix on the grounds that they only agreed for their footage to be included in the original Tiger King project. We had worked with those is this, uh, we had worked with those producers for over five years on a program that they said would be like Blackfish. And so we had worked with them to say, here's all of the abuse. Here are the abusers, she told this morning. But then instead of making it about the animals, they made it about a made-up feud. I've never even spoken with Joe Exotic. My husband is the person who handled the lawsuit when we he tried to use our name in order to ruin our reputation. And so it's all based on lies. I have been in the same room as him, Joe Exotic, in court. But I've never spoken to him, she said. Joe's former friend, Jeff Lowe, who took over the GW Zoo after the Tiger King imprisonment, closed it permanently last August August after its federal animal exhibition license was suspended. Carol won the court control of the zoo later in the year when the judge ruled she would be allowed to take over the property. She sold it this year. So, um, um, in our, in our next segment, obviously, I will be talking, uh, in a lot more detail about Tiger King 2. I did watch it and we will be talking about it. Um, but they did not go over this in Tiger King 2. They ended with Don Lewis, sorry, I'm going to spoil it for someone. Uh, Don Lewis is still missing, and if you have any evidence, please call this number. I think they said that in the end of it. So, but it's a lot of he said, she said in this. We don't have actual proof Don Lewis is still alive. Like, we need actual proof that Don is still alive in, in Costa Rica. Because if not, then it's just a lot of he said, she said. Um, and uh, yeah, and Carol... Obviously, and she still acts guilty during the whole thing. But I'm like I said, I'm going to go into that more. Uh, I just wanted to bring this up uh, before we go into our next segment when we actually go in. We go full throttle. Uh, Let's go full throttle and into uh, into Tiger King two because that is an important thing that we need to uh, we need to discuss and go over. That's just uh, um, this is the type of guy you get. Yeah. So uh, yeah, my nose itches. Um, so yeah. So uh, don't kill your husband and feed him to tigers and uh, just. Stay away from tigers in general. That's life lessons from Sweezy. Here we go. This this one made me laugh. From the New York Post. Um, apparently they're not good, but I'm going to read it anyways. Adele's Oprah concert proves she didn't lose her voice with those pounds. Um, That's rough, buddy. There are some singers who make you feel music in a way you didn't realize you'd been missing until you hear them again. Someone like Barbra Streisand, someone like Whitney Houston, and now someone like Adele. So to hear the 15-time Grammy winner in Adele's One Night Only, a CBS concert special, pre-taped at LA's Griffith 
Observatory with the Hollywood sign and the backdrop was a revelation all over again Sunday, six years after the release of 25, five days before she releases its much anticipated follow-up 30 on Friday, with a who's who in the audience from Leonardo DiCaprio and Lizzo to Drake, uh, James Corden, and Melissa McCarthy, Adele, now 33, received standing ovations after standing ovation as she reminded everyone about that voice and her unique ability to for rolling in the emotional deep, <laughs> even if, as she admitted to Oprah Winfrey 67 in an interview that that was interspersed. Okay, I need to read this word. Interspersed throughout the concert, she's not as deep as her songs might make you think. It was precisely the kind of self-facing uh, self-realization that makes you connect with Adele, despite her seemingly otherworldly gifts. Looking resplendent in a sparkly, form-fitting black gown that showed her off her 100-pound weight loss while still looking classic Adele, the superstar naturally opened the concert with Hello!, the song she told Whitney that she'll probably have to begin every show with for the rest of her life. Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey. Whitney. Oprah Winfrey. Uh, here are in on other hits such as Someone Like You, When We Were Young, and her current number one single, Easy On Me. She sounded even better than you remember her sounding. Although with a taped concert, it's hard to tell how much tweaking was done in post-production. But one thing's for sure, she's proved that she hasn't lost one bit that vocal power along with those 100 pounds or somewhere around there, as she told Winfrey. Uh, having the Oprah interview interspersed between numbers, it was hard for the concert to have any real kind of flow, but Adele did offer a peek into 30 by debuting some material from her new album. One track, the Elton-esque piano ballad and upcoming single I Drink Wine was performed after Adele discussed her own issues with alcohol driven by her alcoholic father. It told, took my dad from me, she told Winfrey, before revealing that after her split with from ex-husband Simon Konecki, 47, she stopped drinking and started working out to keep me sort of centered. But Adele told Winfrey that she still has nothing but love for Konecki, who was also in the audience along with their nine-year-old son, Angelo. I think Simon probably saved my life, to be honest with you, she said. The stability that he and Angelo have given me, no one else would have ever been able to give me, especially at the time in my life. I was so young, and I think I would have got a bit lost of it, and I could have easily gone down some dodgy paths. After Adele addressed all the attention surrounding her weight loss and how it even disappointed some of her fans, it's not my job to validate how people feel about their body, she said. She performed another new song, the stripped raw Hold On, on which she confesses about struggling to feel at all during the darkest of her divorce. Then Adele discussed her new romance with 39-year-old sports super agent Rich Paul. It's very smooth said the blushing singer before ending the concert with another new song, Love is a Game, and ends 30, but Adele told Winfrey, I don't treat it like a game anymore. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to, I need to listen to Adele's new, is it out now? I'm not going to look it up, because I don't care, but once it comes out, I'm assured me people are going to be like, did you listen to Adele's new album? And we're like, nope, I'm going to listen to it now. So, yeah, um, but... Here, here's the problem with this article. Here's why I pulled this article I want to discuss. Um, the title is the reason I uh, pulled this article. Uh, concert oh, Adele's Oprah concert proves she didn't lose her voice with those pounds. How did she make a deal with like a sea octopus witch? Like, why would you, how would you lose your voice with the pounds? Like, 
honestly, I actually know a thing or two. Um, I went to school. Uh, I studied music technology, but I went. You had to go in on an instrument. And I went in on voice. So I do know uh, what the hell I'm talking about with this. Um, when you're bigger, you, it's you have to. You know, you, it's a lot of breath, and then you're, there's things in your throat that vibrate. Um, can't remember the names of them right now. Someone's gonna be really mad. Uh, but like it vibrates, and so you have to use your air. You have to use air to vibrate. And when you're a bigger person, you have to use more energy, and it's a lot harder because you have to kind of like you know when you're fat, they have a hard time walking because you're carrying so much weight. That's the that's the thing. It's kind of like singing too. You have to use your body, and when you're bigger, it's harder. It's harder to sing when you're bigger, and that's why when you see bigger people, like when you like slim down. It's just really cool. And they, they get a lot better. Um, with Adele, like, she wouldn't have lost her voice. Um, anything, she would have gotten better at singing with losing weight because she's because she because she was bigger, obviously, and she had to work a lot harder to sing when she was already a great singer when she was big. And then now, and now she's lost the weight. Easier for her to sing now. So it's not something that she is going to have to worry about, that she's going to lose her voice with this. Um she did have vocal nodes a while back, and so that that's like a scary thing. I'm like, uh, vocal nodes are like, um, don't want vocal nodes. They're it's bad. If you're a singer, it's the worst. It, um, it's like shit on your throat and uh, on your vocal cords. And if you don't don't take care of yourself right, you could not sing forever. Um, you could just really fuck up your voice. Even just talking could really just fuck up that. So, um, don't get vocal nodes, and, uh, don't, don't skinny shame Adele, like, it's like, you know, I get, I get the fat, I get, you know, like, fat shaming's bad, but also, like, I'm not a big fan of the fat acceptance movement, like, especially when you're, you're like, you're not healthy, so, it's like, you, it's like, uh, seeing someone with a really gross, like, ingrown toenail, it's like, uh, don't toe shame me, I'm like, well, you need to get that fixed that's a problem you should fix shit like that but then we also have to realize that uh everyone hates their bodies and uh so just uh just make sure you're healthy body weight doesn't matter as long as you're healthy and if you have a problem that's like weight oriented like it's like hey you have this problem and if you lost weight it could go away instead of taking like 30 pills a day so yeah i mean I'm not here to discuss that, but anyways, it's it's just the this title is fucking stupid. She didn't lose her voice with those pounds. Well, yeah, she didn't fucking. Is this the little little fucking mermaid here? Did she like lose? Did she sign a deal with a sea witch? Like what the fuck? Um, what the fuck New York Post. That's a shitty, it's a fucking shitty thing to say. Um, but good on Adele for losing like, not like a hundred pounds, like. Obviously, I used to be fatter, and I've gained some back, and I've been fluctuating over the pandy. Um, some of you probably, if you watch the show, you definitely saw that shit. Um, but, like, I remember I lost, like, 30-some pounds, and so it was, like, like, that was hard. And once I got there, it was, like, I'm having trouble losing weight, <laughs> like, um, moving forward. So after, there's, like, you you lose your initial amount, and then after that, it's just, that's when it gets hard, so... A hundred is good. Like, she wasn't, like... She was bigger, but she wasn't, like, 600-pound life. Like, if you're, like, 600 pounds, like... They'll be, like, you lose 50 pounds in a month, and you will... And if you follow the diet, you will lose 50 pounds. That's for sure. 
Uh, but anyways, good on Adele, excited for the album, and uh, uh, fuck whoever wrote this article, um, fucking selling her soul to a sea witch or whatever. Have you ever been hungry? I have. But did you know 40% of the food in the U.S. goes uneaten, and $218 billion in food is thrown away every year? When you're hungry, that information will turn you into a Kyle and punch a hole in the wall. But do not fear, my friends. Today's sponsor, Imperfect Foods, is here to save the day. Imperfect Foods is helping to prevent food waste, and so far, their customers have saved 139 million pounds of food. They're affordable and convenient, making sustainability more accessible. What I love most is that they meet a lot of different dietary needs. In, mo- in moments, I'm stingy with my diet. I always go full throttle on a low-carb diet. They can even hook you up if you're vegan or vegetarian as well. Here is the best part. When you sign up using the link in our description, you can get an $80 credit. Holy shit. That is an incredible deal that you should be taking advantage of. So sign up for Imperfect Foods today, help stop food waste, and get an $80 credit. Remember, when you use our links and promos, you directly support this show. Are you a fat piece of shit who needs to get their life together? Do you want to look like me, the pinnacle of health and nutrition? Well, to be just like me, the greatest athlete of all time, you're going to need health supplements to get the most out of your workout, lose some extra weight, and work towards a healthy lifestyle. That's where today's sponsor, FNX Fitness, is your new hero. FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. I also really enjoy their clothing line that makes you look good while working out as well. Another thing I love about FNX Fitness is that with every purchase, they donate a gallon to water of water to a child in need. Start working out smarter, not harder. By using the link in our description today, you can save 15% on your purchase. So go save 15% on some of the best supplements out there when using the link in our description. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh, here's a good story. Okay. So it was uh, my buddy Steve Lane, uh, also known as Stove, also known as Speeve, because uh, in in between uh, he, she believed, and then in some parentheses he lied, and then there's Speeve. Um, what's mainly important is Speeve. Uh, he had a birthday, and we threw him a surprise birthday party last Monday. Exactly one week from when I'm recording this, which is not anywhere near what you need to do. So, um, and as some of you may know, uh, that was uh, the third day of a three-day bender. Um, is that important? It will be later on in this story, so uh, don't touch that dial. Remember when I used to say that? I forgot. I was looking at my iPad. Did not set up the soundboard um, for this. So uh, reconnect. Will reconnect. Will it reconnect? Oh, come on, don't be stingy. Come on, soundboard, don't be stingy. All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe I have to read that. But uh, no, um, it was Steve's birthday. Um, and so everyone thought, hey, let's take him to go karting because he's a very competitive guy, like a little over competitive. And if you didn't know, Steve was the guy who. Uh, who forced us all to watch uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and Evil Dead 2 when we all mutually agreed to watch Halloween Town. So, uh... Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Okay, I got the soundboard up. Um, 
So anyways, this is his birthday. I showed up a little bit later than everyone else. Mondays are podcast days, and so I'm always very busy. I had to record new uh, new ad reads and everything, so uh, I always been a little sentient. I can't make it out for dinner, but I'll kind of show up kind of once you guys start cart racing. And so I did. I showed up like when they were cart racing. Um, it, it was a place called Music City Indoor Karting. And some of you may know that obviously the pinnacle of creative business names in Nashville, Tennessee is uh, Music City, uh, and then in parentheses, your business. Music City Laundromat. Music Music City Dildos. Music City St- uh, Stingy Bitches. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Uh, music, was it Music City uh, Spa? Music City, you know, there's, I can name all these, and I'm going to be honest with you, there's going to be that, that business is going to exist. That business is going to, if I say Music City, uh, Music City Tacos, I'm, I'm 100% sure that exists in Nashville. Uh, music City Sex Shop, I have to imagine, that has to exist, and I have to imagine it's a very scary building to go into. Anyways, though, so we went there, and they had mini golf too, so I showed up right in time. Uh, to do mini golf because, you know, obviously I had podcast shit I had to do and being on a, the third day of a three-day bender, obviously, you're not going to show up on time to that shit. Um, so anyway, and so, uh, so obviously, yeah. And so, you know, and then we played like mini golf. Yeah. And then they're like, we're going to close in like 15 minutes. And we were like, we didn't want to be those assholes who, um, like stayed forever, but then uh, so we we did that very fast. And uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I didn't pay to do mini golf. I thought I was gonna have to pay, but I didn't. So I just kind of snuck that shit in and uh, I played mini golf. And uh, for let the record show, I defeated Steve in mini golf. I did defeat him. It was kind of speed mini golf, um, but I did beat Steve, the birthday boy. No, no remorse for. St- anyone's birthday the world is tough out there this is the type of guy you get so uh come on mark don't be stingy and mark would be steve in this situation so that was fun i beat steve in speed mini golf and uh he kind of cried like a little bitch i like to assume Uh, some of you would call it revisionist history i don't fucking care um and then we went to a bar pins mechanical and the doorman stole my license and apparently my license is expired um and then he's like, I don't think I can let you in because of this. I'm like, you know, my options are, I'm like, first of all, at one point, this was a valid license. And uh, if someone was bringing a fake license, the license isn't going to be expired. Uh, second of all, um, I'm not driving here. I'm just wanting to walk into a bar. You just have to confirm my age. That's what the IDs are for, confirming my age. And I am 28 years old. Um Seven years over the legal drinking age limit. Drinking a lot of drinks in the last seven years, legally. And uh, and so he's like, well, and I was just like, well, I just won't drink. Just mark my hands or whatever. And he's like, well, there's a cover charge. I'm like, there's not a cover charge for this bar, you dumbass. And then my friend, I didn't have any cash on me. My friend gave him, well, he was like, the cover charge is $10. I'm like, I'm like, does anyone have cash on them? And then my friend's like, I have $8. And he's like, that's fine. I'm like, well, you bitch. So fuck that guy, the doorman uh, at that venue. Um, but however, I did have a friend, uh, and I guess the other guys knew him too, uh, have been on the podcast. I, I, there's a reason I'm not going to say his name. Uh, but, uh, he basically, he gave us like a ton of free shots. 
Um, I'll get back to the shots later. But uh, but then uh, he, and then like he's like let us play bowling for free. Now it's not a real bowling alley. It's like a bar with like little bowling balls that aren't that heavy and uh, like pins on strings. It's a weird, it's a weird situation. I don't know how to explain it properly, but uh, it had like a bowling alley, but it's not like a real bowling alley. It's just kind of like something like you could set up with your friends, but the pins put themselves back up. Like that's all it really is. Like it's not, it's not like a, if you're good at this, like you're not going to be good at real bowling. Um, so, um, which I mean, like I like the bar because like if your friend, like, cause sometimes like, you know, you want to go out with your friends, but then you have like some friends who are sober, you know, and I'm not going to shame anyone there. I'm not shaming the sober types. Cause sometimes you, you had a, had a rough experience. You had a, you had a rough time at one point. Um, so, you know, I think it'd be fun. Like, you know, there's an activity, like you can drink and there's also an activity. So it's not just like being sober, like, Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> shit like that. Um, anyways though, so we did get like free bowling, which is awesome. Cause we knew the bartender, which we will not name cause he gave us free bowling and a lot of free drinks. So, uh, that's the thing. Um, so, and he also, he's also been on the, the one, one of the podcasts I've done, uh, before. So, uh, and I guess because of that, what my friends told me all the team, since it wasn't like suspicious or anything, they put them all down as pop punk bands. And, uh, so, um, I was obviously Blink-182. I had to take that. Uh, TJ Marr of Ghost Town Remedy, don't listen to that band. They suck. He was Weezer because he's a virgin. Uh, I think my friend Megan, she was Jimmy Eat World. And uh, then their band photographer, Riley, he cannot remember the band. I asked my friends what, what their band was, what the band he had. Um, I want to say could be Simple Plan. That, oh, no, they had My Chemical Romance. Yeah. I think that's how it was. Yeah, they had My Chemical Romance. So, uh, we'll carry on. So, and um, I just have to say in regards to this episode, and this is an actual true statement. Like, some people may be thinking I'm lying here. I actually won bowling that night. Third day of a bender. Third day of the bender. I defeated everyone on that side at bowling. Steve won't let me on his side because, you know, I'll beat him. I usually, like, last time I went bowling with them, uh, Steve was on the other side too, which I'm thinking Steve is threatened by me, uh, is the only logical uh, thing to say here. Um, Steve is jealous of me. I am better at him at Fortnite, and that's why he doesn't want to play with us when we play Fortnite. And I'm better at him at bowling. I'm better, at, better than TJ and his girlfriend and uh, our friend Megan. But I think she might have quit halfway through and someone else took her spot. Damn it, dude, the soundboard dropped. Um, but uh, I'm better than all of them at bowling from that one that one match. So um, in conclusion, uh, I am the greatest bowler of all time. Um, and uh, there, there's no, how are you going to confirm that? Because I was there. And I actually did beat them. I don't want to be like people are gonna be like, you're probably just joking that you won and pretending you're I actually did beat them. And I was actually really happy. I'm like, I'm just so happy I beat TJ. That was like all I was like happy about. I'm just so happy I beat TJ. And so, um, yeah, and like I said, like I've been saying here, 
Uh, if you've been paying, atten- paying attention, uh, if, you, if you checked out last week's episode, um, you will know that I was on the third day of a three-day bender. I think I had a, the week before was pretty rough. And so I was just like, you know what? Like, I, it was, it was kind of in the mindset of like, I want st- to, I, I don't want to, drinking's not fun anymore to me. Um, and so, yeah, so what happened at the end of the night? I think I got to a point where, like, I'm done drinking for the night. And uh, everyone else was uh, like, let's do shots. It's Steve's birthday, and I can't turn down a shot. It's in it's my blood. Well, I can't. I physically cannot. Uh, it was, like, working. Now it's, oh, come on. Oh, I need to, am I on? On the right track, right? I'm on the right track. Come on, don't be stingy. I can't even play the sound. It's better when it was a physical device. Uh, like in theory, this sounds better, but it's not. Um. Anyways, though, yeah. So, I guess yeah, we go back to their place, and they live in Hermitage, which if you didn't know, I live in East Nashville. Uh, and I think majority of this group lives in East Nashville, and they live in Hermitage because they have like this big property and house and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we went back there. I think we took more shots. Um, on the car right there, I blacked out completely. And, uh, yeah, apparently we took more shots, and I guess other shit was going on. And then I uh, passed out. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. On the couch. And then people tried to wake me up, and then I I guess I maybe woke up, and I passed out on the floor. And so I woke up on the floor of my friend's home after, an, after a three-day bender. How it ended... How the three-day bender ended was waking up at the, at the on the floor of my friend's home. Um, this is the type of guy you get. So yeah, after that, you know, I'm not saying I'm like I'm like oh I drink too much I regret it. I'm like I don't regret it. Um, I was like I just want to get it, just do this, go hard for three days, and then be like I'm sick. I don't think I want to drink for a while. You know, just kind of like that. Um, you know, I you know I kind of just like you know I just want to stop drinking for a while. Um, one, it makes me look super bloated, which being on camera is not a good thing. Um, it also, um, I gain weight. And so, like, you notice when I stop drinking, like, the weight goes down because w- a lot of empty calories and alcohol. Ah, oh, so good. And uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Just kind of like, it's not fun. I'm not having fun when I do it. Like, you're supposed to have fun when you drink. Even, like, you go out with your friends and I'm, like, drinking heavily. It's like, I don't think this is fun for me. So I gotta, I gotta find that fun feeling. It's just more like I'm drinking to fall asleep or drinking to feel good. You know, it's not, it's just gotten, it's not fun anymore. So, you know, I'm just taking some time off from the, from the bottle. You know, just uh, being me, ha- uh, just have problems sleeping, and uh, uh, where my falling asleep is stingy. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. So. Yeah, I guess, uh... This is the type of guy you get. So, for sobriety, uh... Let's go full throttle. Yeah. Okay, so, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I did binge Tiger King 2. Um, can't necessarily say it's better than the first one. Gonna be honest with y'all, I can't necessarily say it's better. But, um... It's very interesting. Interesting enough for me to talk about on this podcast. So... It obviously dropped on Netflix, like, uh, feels like a couple days ago. Could have been, it's sometime last week, um, when this episode airs, sometime in the last week. Um, and if you're a watcher of this channel, you know, like, you know, we go over the news, and if anything Tiger King related comes up that I'm interested in, like, I cover it. So we covered a lot of, uh, Joe Exotic 
trying to get the pardon from uh, former disgraced president uh, Donald Trump. Um, and uh, but he never got it. And there's like a lot of things. And uh, I guess they went over. They like almost scheduled a meeting. Like I guess the team that was helping him get a pardon get a meeting, and then he got COVID, and so that sucks. Um, and I think I also, mm, in, I can't remember what episode, there's so many of these, we're at, like, this is 54, so we're, we got a lot of these out now, so, um, and so, yeah, I went, you know, on Discovery Plus, like, I saw a bunch of Joe Exotic stuff, and, like, trying to get on the tail end of the Tiger King, uh, phenomenon, uh, after Netflix, and I'm like, we can make some content off this too, right? And they were like, I guess, yeah, we can. Uh, and so they did, and it wasn't as good as Tiger King, but it was just like a, Tiger King was like a really good documentary, and then, uh, whatever the, and then what this Discovery Plus stuff had was just kind of like lazy and, uh, fun to watch. I mean, I love watching that shit. It's, it's always really fun for me to watch that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not as good, it wasn't as good as the Netflix documentary. Um, but like, I remember mainly, uh, minus the, uh, Mine is going over, like, the uh, pardon on the show. I think I've gone over in the past how Joe Exotic could have been framed uh, for the attempt hit for hire uh, of Carol fucking Baskin. Um, and so I did talk about that a lot, and, like, some of it kind of made a little bit of sense, and I'm like, yeah, there's probably a little bit more. But I don't know if Joe is, like, 100% innocent in this. Um, so basically, you know, going over uh, Season 2 or Tiger King 2, I don't know what we're calling it, Tiger King 2, Season 2. Um, it, it basically goes over, like, three different uh, three different storylines. Uh, obviously, Carol Baskin murdering Don Lewis, uh, Joe Exotic and Jeff Lowe, and their, their little thing that's going on with, between them. Like, they just need a kiss, you know? And then uh, Tim Stark is the new guy, so... Um, so we got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover here. So uh, let's just jump into it. So um, first, yeah, first I want to talk about like Joe and Jeff, like their uh, romance, uh, not romance, uh, feud, which I really do think there's some sexual rivalry there or there's some sexual tension, um, mostly on Joe's end, uh, <laughs> probably. I could see Jeff being like, oh, all right, guy <laughs> and shit like that. Um, so yeah, I did, I did talk over the Discovery Plus sloppy seconds, um, Joe set up, and this kind of goes into a little bit more detail on that, where, um, I guess, uh, the bald guy, Alan, was like, yeah, there's more to the story here, and then it's weird where, like, I don't know, yeah, I don't know all of it, but, so, I assume if you hired someone to kill someone, wouldn't the guy you hired be in trouble too? That's a good question, folks. Uh, that's a good question. I identify as a fucking threat. So, um, I guess there's more that went on. And I'm gonna be honest, I may not have been paying full attention to this. I don't think it was during the bender, but I don't think my brain cells were fully functioning. Uh, but, yeah, and so, oh yeah, and then, like, Joe was, like, fully on, uh, like, all of his recordings were in prison on the phone thing, which I'm wondering wondering about that, like, how much, can you, can you actually record shit in prison? I mean, he was, it looked like he was through, like, the phone thing, uh, you know, talking through, and it wasn't very well framed, and it was like, this is the best footage we got, and the best recording we got, and obviously thinking about, like, prison, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and, you know, if you call someone on the phone and stuff like that, and you record the phone call, um, yeah, I mean, this, the, this is the type of guy you get, uh, 
uh, you know, you know what they say. Um, I guess so. Yeah, I guess they did somewhat set up, you know, like setting up Joe to take the fall. But like in the end, they both kind of wanted to kill Carol fucking Baskin, um, because like she obviously she had the lawsuit. They lost the lawsuit. She was going to take over the the zoo and everything. And so they're like, we got to kill this bitch. And I, I think they both like wanted to, but. Usually, when I when I hear like, man, wish wish that person, I want to kill that person, you know, you don't actually mean it. You just like, it'd be convenient if they just dropped dead. Like, I don't actually want to go out and kill them. That's how normal people think. That's how I think. I shouldn't be the ground level for normal. Just saying. So I mean, that's the whole thing. And then I guess they moved the zoo and the animals to a different place in Oklahoma. Oklahoma, FYI. Um, so. There's that. Oh, and then Jeff and his wife, Lauren, and then there's they kind of came across as, like, somewhat predatory, which I don't know if predatory is the right word, but I also don't want to speak on any of these women's behalf. I have to say that. Um, I'm just going to talk about what I watched on the documentary. And so they would hire women in the zoo, and that way they'd have threesomes. they have, like, Code 69 on the walkie-talkie and shit like that. And so, yeah, like I said, I don't know. I don't think they interviewed many of these women or else I didn't pay attention to it. But they, their stories should be heard. FYI, their stories should be heard. Um, but the Lauren is very interesting to me because um, very good. I, I think Lauren's very pretty, obviously. And, and, you know, and we hear about this idea how, you know, good, women who are good looking always end up with rich guys. Doesn't matter what the rich guy looks like. That's how... Uh, it just happens, you know. Uh, the The secret to you, a youthful look is your balls drained for a man. But uh, so, but you know, I don't want to shame any woman who only wants to wants to date a rich man, you know, and shit like that. I mean, like the, if the only thing you got going for you is your looks, like, I mean, once you hit twenty four or thirty, like you're out of there. I think Lauren just turned thirty too, so. Let's see how much longer she is going to last in this, you know. They have a kid together, so, like, she's going to be in his life no matter what. Uh, so, you know, so, you know, you get the, up, you know, it's like when you get a new iPhone, like, you got to get the upgrades, you know, that shit. Um, but the, the weird thing about Lauren, though, is she seems very smart. And uh, why would she be, and then uh, our Ed Hardy shirt-wearing friend, uh, Jeff, he, uh, He's just a con artist. Like, he probably does have a good amount of money, but, like, is their love real? Like, is their love real? I mean, she just turned 30, so they're, we could learn very soon if love is dead uh, from what Lauren would say to us on what's happening. So, we never know here, but I like they're, like, predators, and they're using these women for sex and stuff like that. I'm like, I mean, like, in my mind, it's like, well, if it's consensual, but... Is it was it consensual? Don't ask me. Um, but uh, what what is what does Jeff Lowe look like naked? Honestly, someone sent me a link. Hey, this is Jeff Lowe naked. I mean, I would click it and look at it, but do I want to see it? No. That's a. Uh, this is the type of guy you get. Oh, no, you know, I know, I know his flaccid penis is very small. Hard could be fine, but you know he's a grower. Like, he looks like a grower, you know? And there's no shame in that, folks. There's no shame in being a grower. Um, 
Well, yeah, and then they had like this lawyer on the show. His name's like John Phillips. Like clearly, clearly this guy just wants to be famous and on TV. Like there is some sort of mental disorder where you're like, we want to be famous. However, you don't have the talent to be famous. So like musicians and actors and stuff like that, like they're famous, but they probably like as long as they're financially stable, they're okay as long as they can do the career they want, like with music or podcasting and stuff like that. Um, this guy's a lawyer, so he's clearly making a, probably a decent living, especially he's trying getting these celebrity cases. If you want to consider these people celebrities, it's just trash people. Uh, and so, like, first he initially go wants to look into the uh, disappearance of, like, Don Lewis. So they try to, like, do get all this information and stuff like that. Um, and so, like, they do that, and then... They air a commercial during uh, when Carol fucking Baskin was on uh, Dancing with the Stars uh, and like stuff like that. And then the family of uh, Don Lewis was like, uh, probably not. Uh, and they were like, we're going to let you go. And so then he's like, I still got to ride this train. And so he starts working for uh, Jeff and Joe and trying to kind of get testimonials out of them and Alan and uh, the fat redhead guy, you know, who's business entrepreneur and shit like that entrepreneur entrepreneur some would say uh and so like you know obviously stuff like that i don't know how much was on camera that i paid attention to see if joe can be removed from prison but like yeah like i said he clearly just wants to be famous like he was on an episode of let's make a deal they showed it during the documentary and stuff like that it's like it's just very clear that this guy just really wants to be famous and he's he, he just like saw tiger came like this is my ticket. Let me. He's like a reality show with uh, that needs legal legal advice. This is my ticket. This is my ticket to be getting famous. And it's kind of like, uh, like buddy, we kind of see through. I don't know how good of a lawyer he actually is. I mean, it was very bold to show uh, era commercials. Like, if you know anything about Don Lewis's disappearance, uh, please call us. Like, that was pretty. That was pretty fucking bold and pretty fucking funny too. Honestly, that's funnier. Actually, I don't know. That's really funny, but like. If you know anything about the disappearance of Carol's ex-husband, uh, please give us that. Um, please give us that information. Then we go into Don Lewis. We go into more like Don Lewis. So I think they told most of everything on Carol's side. Uh, Carol is even like posting these like video diaries, uh, like trying to prove like from her personal diary that she didn't kill him, which is sketch to me because you could. Um, I don't know the word to say this, but you could uh, clearly make this fucking shit up that like, this is what, this is my alibi. And, uh, obviously I don't want to get into the whole case, um, because you didn't watch season one of Tiger King. That's your fault. That's not my fault. That is your fault. Um, but this is more like with Don, like searching for this missing persons case, Don Lewis. Um, and uh, I've talked before, on the, like previously, if you've been, if you check out the whole episode, but if you're checking out the highlights, then you may need to check out the whole episode. Um, I did talk about how they recently did say that Don Lewis is alive and well in Costa Rica. Um, until we get some proof, it's uh, someone's words, it's whatever, yeah, you know. Um, and I did talk about a previous episode about like a boyfriend of Carol's that she lived with, uh, you know, and her son, uh, about how she was like cold and a terrible shitty person and, um, stuff like that. And like, don't talk to me and don't come into this part of the house. And like to her, like boyfriend's son, like 
she she really is a terrible person. Like she and why I think she is doing Netflix like we did talk about earlier in the episode um, is because she wanted to be like the savior because uh, um, they wanted it to be like Blackfish, but for like uh, big cats. But they're obviously going a little bit more in that. And like in, you know, the very, you know, Tiger King, the original Tiger King, the main purpose of it was that, uh, you know, Joe Exotic, Jeff Lowe, Don, Doc Antle, uh, they, they're clearly, these are not like good, they're okay living conditions for these animals, but they're not good living conditions for these animals. And that's what Carol was trying to like talk about how like they abuse animals. But then you learn that, uh, she does the same shit. And so like, that's probably why they were not very happy. And so that was Tiger King 2. They're even more or less happy because, uh, They'd be like, Carol murdered her husband, and uh, they're like, can we, and Carol's like, can we please stop talking about this shit? Because she did kill him. Uh, she wants everyone to shut up about it. And if she didn't, um, she's probably very frustrated that uh, he is, uh, that uh, people are still talking about it. <laughs> so either way, and even her husband, Her Carol, I don't fucking know his name, he like wore a do-rag at one point, I'm Jeff Lowe, or uh, whatever. What's his name? I think I can find his name. Uh, what's it's not Harold. Um, Harold would be the perfect name. Howard. I was close. Howard and Harold are pretty close. So, um, yeah, I was I was not completely wrong. So they go into that, but then you learn, which wasn't like much of a surprise when you watched the first one, to learn more about Don Lewis being shitty. Like obviously, money laundering is one thing. Uh, but he was probably mainly doing that, so he had something to live on. While Carol, uh, you know, Carol would probably get all his mo- the rest of his money too if they got divorced or whatever. So he's just kind of making sure he has that, put some assets in his name. But then he learned, like, he started like uh, sleeping around with underage women in Costa Rica. I don't know the laws of Costa Rica. I actually do have family in Costa Rica, um, and I bet you that makes you think. Like, are you? Do you, are you Latin in any way or whatever you would consider Costa Rica? Absolutely not. Uh, my white mom's sister married a Costa Rican man and they live there and have Costa Rican children, AKA my cousins. <laughs> and, uh, then you're like, well, if you have family there, you know, a lot of Spanish, don't you? Absolutely not. Barely any at all. Like I could, I can say no, sorry, no Spanish. I don't speak Spanish and, uh, por favor, don't don't try to do this to me. Don't do this to me right now, folks. Um, and then, so yeah, and so yeah, you learn that Don kind of shitty. And then you wonder, like, is Don, did Don get murdered maybe in Costa Rica for doing tons, tons of shady shit, you know, and stuff like that? Did he do a ton of shit like that? Maybe that's the case. And then Carol's innocent. And, but who knows? They need to, like, if Don Lewis really is alive, they need to prove it. And I don't know. Because I know there's sketchy things because he probably lives, he's not a legal citizen of Costa Rica. Um, but honestly, I don't care. I mean, they just need to, I mean, innocent until proven guilty is my, you know, the proper term. And uh, if Don is alive, Don should prove it to the world because we all want to know. Um, or else he should be, figure out, give some proof cut off some toes, get some teeth out, knock some teeth out, you know, 
get someone to bury it somewhere and be like, look there. I bet that's where Carol did it in a way to prove he he is dead. Uh, and then the, that way everyone would be like, Carol's going to jail. And like I said, I don't know if she deserves to go to jail, but she is a terrible person. All these all these big cat people are terrible people. Um, and then we finally get to uh, Tim Stark, uh, who is out of his fucking mind. Uh, like the only way I can describe this man, uh, he's in charge of this thing called Wildlife in Need. Um, and he's like, I'm a drug addict. I'm addicted to animals. I'm like, those aren't drugs. Those aren't drugs. Um, you know what? Our, you know, you should try drugs. Some. Like, maybe, I think with this guy, weed will be really good with him. Because he needs to calm the fuck down. Uh, he's out of his fucking mind. Like, he gets sued by PETA. At one point, he has to go to court. And he's like, fuck you. He's like saying this in court. Like, fuck you. I'm going to represent myself. Fuck you. You can't take my animals. And like, they can. And then they, they, they do it. And so you see PETA. Like, and Peter sues him, and then they drive up to his property. Um, oh, yeah, and then they had this, like, weird segment where he was bringing some to the GW Zoo. But um, basically what happens is he basically put all his animals in, like, a trailer with, like, no proper ventilation or air conditioning, you know, or proper, probably proper amounts of water as well. And he's not, like, taking care of it, like, on his way. And so he, like, stops, and he's in Indiana. He stops in St. Louis for a booty call, from what I've been told. Um, and then he drives like, and then all the animals in there de- are dead by the time they get there. And they're like, yeah, we had to bury like the, uh, they were like, yeah, we had to bury a lot of animals. Uh, it's not good. And, uh, yeah. So, and then, oh yeah. So then back to that. So like he, so like the cops show up and they're like, you have to lead the property. You have to be like at least a mile away. And then he tells the cops like, oh, so sniper range. And then. Like, the cops, like, okay, we're not going to deal with that shit. You know, they're obviously telling him that. But then you realize, like, if he was, if he wasn't white, if he said that to a cop, he'd be dead. He'd be immediately dead. He's, and honestly, honestly, any person who, I mean, like, you say that to a white person saying it to a cop, like, they have at least have somewhat reasonable cause to shoot him, but they didn't because he's white. Obviously, so that's a whole other debate I'm not getting into right now. Uh, but then, like, so, like, they have to take away all his animals, and then they find, like, hidden on the property, um, a trailer filled with a bunch of other animals that probably almost died again. I'm like, do you know how to, like, how do you know how to take care of this? Like, you know, like, putting him in a hot trailer with no ventilation or water is bad. It's a bad thing to do. And you know, probably not and he'd be like fuck you get off my land i can't believe you're doing this to me fuck you and like that's all he said um that's tim stark and so i'm excited to see where his journey come goes um he might need i don't know if he needs prison but um he could definitely use probably weed would be really good for him he needs like a downer like he needs to like chill the fuck out um and stuff like that so uh in my conclusion, Tiger King 2, I mean, it was interesting to a bit, but, like, compared to the first one, eh, it's okay. It's not... They're trying to go off the sensation that was the first one. Definitely didn't live up to it, but you're also kind of interested in these... You're already, like, into these stories, so you kind of want to know what is, like, going on with everyone, like, what's going on afterwards, and then, you know, all this new shit comes up and everything like that, so you learn that, and uh, also concluded, as I already knew, uh, big cat people are out of their fucking minds, and uh, 
I could give any of you a lesson. Don't get involved with any of them. They're out of their minds. You shouldn't get involved with any of them. Please listen to me when I tell you this, okay? Um, Let's go full throttle. You wouldn't download a car, so why should these random websites get your credit card information? The solution to that is today's sponsor, Privacy. Privacy is the first payment product that keeps your personal information private, while being even more convenient than using a physical payment card online. Privacy empowers you to protect your physical card information. Each merchant you share your card information with puts you more at risk to hackers or data breaches. Why not use a privacy card instead? By creating a virtual card with privacy, Privacy for each merchant you shop with, your physical card is safe and secure. Privacy cards can be paused or closed anytime, preventing any future transactions from being authorized. Privacy cards can also be single-use, meaning they close after just one authorized transaction. One of my favorite ways to use privacy is for an, any service with a free trial that requires a credit card to sign up. Uh, you can just cancel at any time, uh, and that way you're not getting charged every month and you're not forgetting about that ongoing subscription. But wait, there's more. By using the link in our description, you can get $5 to spend anywhere. That's money that you get to use. So start paying the smart way with privacy. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Do you ever just casually solve world hunger and think, I wish I could get alcohol delivered to me? Well, lucky for you, today's sponsor Drizzly is here to the rescue. Drizzly gets all your favorite beer, seltzer, wine, whiskey, and much more delivered directly to your home. With their easy-to-use mobile app, we are getting one step closer to never leaving our homes. You know it's saying something when it's being praised as the Amazon for liquor. Drizzly is my go-to app for getting all the booze I need so I can do other things. So using our links in the description today, you can save $5 off your purchase through Drizzly. Drizzly has proprietary ID verification technology that it provides to its retail partners that allow drivers to scan IDs for more than a barcode to make sure the purchaser is over 21 years old in the U.S. and of legal drinking age in Canada. Retailers on Drizzly may have a minimum order or delivery fee, so using our link in the description, get $5 off your first order with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. It's been a long day without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I give you advice again, which will be right now. So, uh... Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Anyways, let's just get right into it. I'm going to solve all your problems, and uh, you're going to have to take my advice. Because, like we mentioned before, when have you ever uh, not followed the instructions of a podcast? So... Question, the first one we got. <clears throat> how in the world do I shave my ass? Uh, as a 17 male, uh, how the hell do I shave it? Do I use scissors or an electric razor for my pubic hair? I usually use scissors to clip the big parts of the bush, then use the razor for the last bits. But for the ass hair, it's different. It's very uneven surface, uh, so using an electric razor there, I would just cut myself. How do, for example, gay porn actors have it so clean and nice? Uh, do they use laser hair removal? So obviously, you've come to the expert here. Um, is my ass hairy? Yes, I do get hair down there. My The hair on my body is uh, a not a good representation of who I am. Like, weird patch on my chest. My chest hair is weird. Pews are just fuck out of fucking control. If you think about like what Jewish pubic hair looks like, that's 
the exact thing I have. It is a fucking mess down there. People are like, why do you manscape? I'm like, you, it's, it's, you, I need to. Like, it's gross. So, um, obviously, uh, to help you out here on, um, your situation, there's a couple things you could do. Now, um, there are electric razors out there. Uh, there is a very specific one that a lot of podcast sponsors that are sponsored by a lot of podcasts. Not mine though. Um, we we have the best sponsors only. And if they in the future sponsor us, then they they do. But the, there's a big name brand of uh, electric razors for manscaping. A lot of times you can kind of you could Google specific razors or electric razors that are good for manscaping. So, um, so that's a good, uh, good idea for you to get involved with. Um, a lot of times there, there are cheaper options than the big name one that's on most podcasts. F Y I. Um, and, uh, so that's one option you do have. Um, so you could, yeah, you could get that. Um, it's not going to be like a clean shave, but they'll still have a little bit of bumps, but you know, that's obviously, you know, let's be honest, folks. That's kind of what you expect. Now, one time I was drunk and that's not the, the surprising part. Um, I was drunk where I was with friends and this, my friend who will name nameless had like this girl who wasn't his girlfriend or whatever, but they were together basically. Um, in my drunken stupor, I was like, how do women shave their butts? Like, or how do women have clean butts? Like, you know, there's no hair down there or anything. And then she was just very honestly was just like, now nah, it's just a one, a couple wax strips and then you just rip it off and it's gone. So, which I think back about that. I was like, I was hoping for like an, oh, why did you ask that? And then she was like, now nah, you just take a wax strip and then you rip it off. Just one big old wax strip. So that's the other option. Um, waxing, which can hurt. Um, I, I've whacked, I got my, I lost a bet once and I had to wax my legs. Um, I don't think it was that bad. Women are just women. No, it's like a horrible, <laughs> out of context. That, that's going to kill, that's going to actually cancel me. Like, I don't think it hurts. Just women are women. <laughs> that's going to be taken out of context. I'm like, that's going to actually cancel me. Uh, Shweezy, uh, uh, Koala Bear podcast host says women are women. <laughs> Anyways, um, so that's an option. Another option, though, I maybe bought like the bad rent. So they do. You could uh, try you nair. I think they do make. Uh, I did see something like they make like a nair for men, specifically for pubic area and stuff like that. But you gotta kind of be a little stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy when you when you use it. Um, uh, what you have to do is you need to get plastic gloves too. So plastic gloves, uh, get it all on there, uh, put it on the area. You got to let it sit for a couple minutes, then hop in the shower, let it dry off. That's a good way to get rid of it too. So there's a lot of different ways uh, to get that clean, smooth asshole that all men wish they had. And let's be honest. No man's like, there's, there's not, there's like, I won't shave my asshole, but if that hair just magically went away, That'd be great. And some men do do uh, laser uh, hair removal. Um, I don't know a lot about it on the dick. Um, I feel there, there's weird. With like women, it's kind of like, I don't know. I, I haven't thought about laser hair removal a lot. Uh, it's usually like get the hair to grow in the right places on my body and remove it from the wrong places on my body. And the wrong places are uh, the pubes and, uh, 
And it's weird every woman has a preference. Like, I assume at least be groomed. That's just my general strategy. Some women don't care, which... I mean... But uh, some of them just like... I, I go by the rule of like... Whatever a mouth is going to be on, trim that shit. Uh, I've talked enough about assholes and pubes. Um, number two... What's up with society's obsession on waking up so early in the morning? I understand it's efficient since the economy runs from morning to early evening, but seeing the same post about waking up at 5 a.m. to work out, then hit the shower, then work, is starting to sound like a copypasta. With that in mind, do morning people see night owls as inefficient or lazy? So, uh, I am clearly a... a, I'm more of a night person than I'm not a morning person at all. Like... Uh, people are like, let's do this at 10 a.m. I'm like, that's reasonable. Uh, um, but I think, uh, here's some things I do know about that. I think they do, yes, I think a lot of morning people think, uh, you know, when you sleep in, like, you're lazy because you're not doing anything. But consider this, like, you have, well, the idea of the modern workday. Uh, eight hours of work, eight hours of sleep, eight hours of free time. And so... Um, in my mind, it's like, it doesn't matter what order you do that in, just, you know, if you can accomplish all three, that's the, that's the dream right there. And, uh, let's go full throttle. So yeah, they do morning people do because they think just sleeping in is like being lazy and not doing anything because at the times they're awake, uh, when you're asleep, they're getting stuff done while you're asleep. But same time when they go to bed, you can still be getting stuff done. So, um, that's what I always say. Like, I, yeah, I like to wake up later. And then my friends are like, man, you sleep all day. I'm like, well, eh, I was like, I kind of like to, I still get the, the right amount of work done. It's just, uh, it's just at a different time. I just don't like waking up early. Um, biologically though, like some people are night owls and some people are morning people. Um, uh, way back in days when we all lived in caves, um, some people had to watch, I think how biologically we started working is that, um, some people had to watch the cave at night. Some people had to watch it during the day or whatever from predators and stuff like that. Uh, cause if everyone's sleeping and a uh, fucking mountain lion comes at you, uh, cause that's hungry, you are fucked up, my friend. Uh, congratulations. You played yourself. So, you know, that's going to be the, uh, the end all be all for that situation. Um, and then I, I do know a lot of times how we as a society have gone to be like morning people. Uh, I think it was a lot to do back in the day when everyone farmed a lot more, where like, you had to wake up early, like at a decent amount of time where it's not hot or whatever. And that's why like the school schedule is so weird. Like you think like end of the school year is like May, but the beginning of the year year is January. So it's like the reason why schools are the way they are is because in the summer that's when farm people needed help and stuff like that. And for some reason, farm people have to wake up early for some reason. Um, there's probably is a good reason for that. Uh, do I know it? No, but it was like on a 90 day fiance. Like they got mad. Julia was not Julia and Brandon. Uh, they live on a farm and they did, they, she didn't wake up at 7am to uh, feed all the animals. And then and like the animals need to be fed at the same time every day. I'm like, well, sounds like the animals are the betas and I'm the alpha. So if I'm going to wake up at noon and feed them, they're going to eat at noon. So that's the 
That's how they're living their life. And this is the type of guy you get. So um, that's why I was wondering, like, they need to be fed at 7 a.m. every day. I'm like, no, they're going to get fed when I feed them. That's going to be the rule. Uh, they're going to get fed when I feed them. Oh, oh, no, that's not email. YouTube updates of terms and services. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so, and I guess when it's farming, for some reason they had to wake up early, and uh, my dad had a cross-country meet here. He's a cross-country and track coach, and uh, it was in Nashville, so... They had it at 8 a.m. because it was still, like, summer. It was, like, September, maybe. And I was like, why do these things have to be so early? He's like, well, if later in the day, it could be hot. I'm like, why don't you do it at night? He's like, well, it's dark. They can't see. I'm like, well, I don't I don't know. The sun works, and it's, like, 8 a.m., and I couldn't find the place. They didn't give you any instructions on how to find this place. I'm like, you guys really don't want people to come to this race, do you? That's uh, offhand. That was just me ranting. Anyways, though. I live by, this is, I'm not out, so I may be a little biased here, but, you know, with the 888, the 888 rule, um, you get your eight hours of work, eight hours of play, eight hours of sleep. That's the, that's how you have to live your life. So, um, mainly for morning people. Come on, Mark, don't be stingy. And also shut the fuck up in the morning, because that shit's annoying when, like, you're someone, like, a morning person is just, like, asking you a hundred questions and you're, like, barely alive. That's annoying. So stop that shit. How should a parent monitor a child's phone without invading privacy? Whenever I hear stories of a child having slash doing something bad on their phone, example, talking to someone much older than them, buying contraband, etc., people usually blame the parents. They say that the parents should have been monitoring the child's phone and checking to make sure they weren't putting themselves in danger. But I also hear stories of controlling parents who go through their kids' phones to make sure that they aren't doing anything bad. People usually say that they are being too controlling and invading the child's privacy. I know that there is something that you can put on your kid's phone. I can't remember what to ensure that they aren't doing anything dangerous, but I know that there are ways to get around it. How would one monitor a child without invading their privacy? So this is a good question. Um, am I the best qualified person to answer? No, because what I will tell you is I don't have kids. And uh, my friends with kids, I'm like, well, let's just let them hang out. And they're like, no, because they're going to be annoying for the rest of the fucking day. And then you're going to leave. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, so it, th there is a there is a fine line here on invading privacy versus um, versus uh, you know being too controlling. You don't want to be too controlling because it's like you don't want to be too controlling, but you also don't want to invade their privacy. You kind of want them to have a life um, outside of them. So um, you could debate all day. The answer is here's my idea that I'm going to go with because I'm the expert. Um, so I would say, put that shit on your children's phone, but don't let them know. And you have to kind of stand back in a bit to an idea of uh, making sure that they don't know. And so, because once they know, like the moment they know, like you, you try to stop them from doing something, they're going to know you're on their phone and then they're going to try to work around it. So there, there's that ground right there that you have to pay attention to. Like they're going to do stupid shit. Um, and stuff like you got to, you have to realize what's just stupid shit you did as a kid and you turned out fine or similar to me, uh, whichever way you want to do or what would actually be t terrible for them to happen to them. You kind of have to draw that line. Like you and your, like, I don't, I don't know the, the example of things, but cause you kind of, you know, and also there's a good idea of making sure your kids 
you're not like a helicopter parent or super controlling uh, to your kids as well because there's a yin and yang to it. There's a good middle ground that we all have to we have to find. And uh, in that middle ground, what I'll say, um, you got to make sure that they're not like if you have a daughter and she's not uh, hooking up with some like 22 year old. And that's also really sad. You know, that has to be, that's the saddest shit. Like, obviously, the 13-year-old doesn't know better, obviously, to be dating a 22-year-old. But you're 22 years old, and you're dating a 13-year-old, and she just sees you as older and cooler or something like that. Like, you're a fucking loser. Uh, but yeah, so you you really, so yeah, that's my best advice I'll give you here. Uh, monitor everything they're doing, but don't let them know. And you have to make sure it's a really, really, really bad thing uh, before kind of trying to stop them. And uh, maybe there's a way where you accidentally run into them somewhere. You know, that's the, uh, you think they're in danger too? You're like, oh, hey, like, who's this? And, yeah, you know, there's, you know, uh, uh, TV shit that you can do, you know, like wear a disguise and stuff like that. You can always do that. That's always an option. Like people are like, that's a stupid thing to don't do that. I'm like, it's always an option. It's always an option. So, yes, moral of the story is uh, monitor what they're doing, but make sure they don't know and don't do anything unless it's really bad. Um, okay. Okay, another one we got here. Do old people clog toilets more than young people? My in-laws always clog my damn toilets, and no one else does. Is it possible this is an age thing, big poops, or just my specific in-law situation? So... As we've all learned many lessons into our lives, everyone is different. All our poops are different. All our bowels are different. Um, genetics also play a thing into there. Old people, though, sounds like your in-laws, though, they um, they could be taking a lot of fiber. So um, that could be just flushing them out. Big old honk, big old knockers. Now... Does your wife have weird toilet habits? Because that's also a weird thing you can do, but maybe it's just your in-laws uh, uh, that are causing the situation in your uh, in your situation. Um, what uh, you can also uh, blame... So yeah, it's probably could you just be them. Uh, they just may have weird shit. They probably both just have weird things, but you could also have a weird toilet. Now, you don't say... Uh, it's only your, just my specific in-law situation. Oh, it's probably just one person with you who just takes massive poops. I'm, I don't think it's going to be a good idea to be blaming all old people for massive, massive shits. Uh, only thing I can say is that person probably does. It's probably just a them thing. We all poop a little bit differently. Uh, like some people only poop once a day. Some people too poop maybe once a week. Uh, it's weird. And as long – and the weird thing that some doctors will say – as long as you yourself are not in pain, like it doesn't matter how often you poop. As long as it eventually does come out, it's it's a weird thing. I would say at least once a day feels natural. Um, but yeah, it sounds like they're specific in laws, or you just have a really shitty toilet, which um, we do. I think the toilet I'm using right now, uh, you have to hold down the the that handle thing or whatever uh, a couple of seconds for everything to go down. If you don't. Like, you know when someone else is using the toilet because, like, you can still see toilet paper and shit. Um, but, yeah, no, it sounds like a very specific in-law um, needs to unclog your toilet every time they use it because they're, I guess, their asshole 
was not made for your toilet. And these are toilets. So, um, with all, everyone here, with all respect. That's rough, buddy. Why do people look at my shirt while I'm working? Uh, I work at a restaurant and we have to wear a black shirt and it doesn't show any skin at all. Sometimes when I'm talking to guests who walk in the door, I notice after making eye contact, they look down at my chest area. It's not like there's anything scandalous there that would make them do that. It makes me worried my eye contact is like scaring them or something. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Um, I'm going to make a guess like you just started work, started in the workforce or... This is like your first job. <sighs> I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, they're staring at your boobs. It, it happens. Now, um, here's the thing with boobs. All men, we look at every woman's boobs. Doesn't matter who you are. And a lot of times it's not, it's not like a sexual thing either. We just look at your boobs. Now, if they're hanging out, we're going to be excited. But when they're not, we're, we're still going to look at them. That's just how men's minds work. We always look at boobs, and not even if you're if you're not even a boob guy, we're still gonna look at your chest. It's just it's just how it is. Now, there's how you work with that is how some men should be. You shouldn't be like look at those honkers and then stare, make obvious obvious looking that they're just staring at your chest. You shouldn't do that. That's that's not what's gonna happen. So, um, my best advice for the women out there with boobs. And the men out there with boobs. But when you're a woman, the boobs are going to be started out a little bit more. Um, men are going to look at your chest. It's going to happen. How they do react to it and how they work should not be tolerated. And you should not tolerate that shit. You could be like, excuse me, my eyes are up here. Like when women look at my hair, I'm like, excuse me, my eyes are down here. And, uh, and, uh. You know, say shit like that and just don't take shit from people. Uh, probably not going to be able to do that at a restaurant, but you may be able to get more tips that way. So uh, take advantage of your boobs, ladies. That's the, <laughs> that's the lesson of today's podcast. Take advantage of your boobs. Okay? Uh, Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. Okay? Um, so, yeah, just realize we're all staring at... Ladies, just realize we're all staring at your boobs, so take advantage of it. Okay, next one. Do obese women have trouble finding dates? I would think the answer to this question would be no due to the large population of chubby chasers that exist now and men becoming increasingly desperate and willing to lower their standards. But I'd like to hear from some people with more real-world experience on this subject. And defining the term obese, I don't mean lime, mean lime curvy women. I think he meant light curvy. Lime curvy women or thick women. I mean women who are noticeably very large. Um... So, you know, every man has a preference. Um, it's just, it's just, uh... This is the type of guy you get. So it doesn't, you know, there's no clear answer to what a man likes and doesn't like. So there, there are clear chubby chasers out there who are into obese women, um, where I've watched enough episodes of My 600 Pound Life, uh, to know that, one, you need to get an Ovilla mattress, so if you want to be bedridden, it'll be a perfect mattress, uh, 10% off, link in the description, promo code SHWEEZY. Um, but you, but you know, um, I don't even know where I was getting out, just doing a fucking bit. Um, but yeah, no, men have preferences, and a lot, some guys are into bigger women. Uh, some guys, I mean, I prefer, my, my rule is she has to be skinnier than me, that's just, which is not hard to achieve, honestly, and, uh, 
don't be uh, stingy. Come on, Mark. Don't be stingy. With like looks because like look at you and then look at her. Like people like, you know, like they'll criticize like Margot Robbie or Gal Gadot on their like bodies and then like look at you like <laughs> you're just a, a fat loser. Um, so you can't be that guy. So, I mean, like, you know, it's OK to have preferences like my preference. I like I said, I want her to be thin, like skinnier than me. And uh, it's not hard. to That's not hard to accomplish. Now, when I'm thinner, I can't go by that rule. Uh, but when I'm thicker right now, two C's, uh, I can make that rule just a little bit. And like you can't be uh, like she'll probably still weigh less than you, buddy. Um, anyways, I know a lot of guys like a, a fatter woman. Some guys like just fat women or just it's not a deal breaker to them. Uh, sex is a questionable to me. I just want to know what's going on there. Um, there's those guys like too, like there's like fat women and then like this really small skinny guy will be with this very big fat woman. It's very, it's very weird. Like, I don't know how that works. There's a lot of mechanics going on there that I don't understand. And maybe I won't understand. Maybe it's all self-discovery. That's what cancel Shweezy is all about. Can't, uh, discovery and uh figuring out life through uh me talking nonsense and uh so yeah some guys are into that and some guys are okay with that some guys uh yeah some guys do lower their standards uh and you and like i said it's easy for a woman to go out and have sex doesn't matter who you are like if you're a woman you want to have sex you're gonna find it very easily when you're a guy and you're straight it's gonna be very very difficult it's not as easy for women. Women can just go out and have sex with anyone they want. Men have to try. <laughs> that's, that's why men do all this shit. And then when men don't do that shit and uh, go on weird TLC shows, that's where I'm crazy. That's where I'm alarmed. Um, so, ladies, I want to speak to the, we're speaking to the ladies again. If you're fat, just know there is a man out there who wants to fuck you. Uh, that goes out to all ladies out there, actually. Uh, if you Every time you look into the mirror and hate something about your body or how you look or your appearance, just remember, there's some guy out there who wants to fuck you. And there's some guy out there who would give you money for pictures of your feet. That is, uh... This is the type of guy you get. Not me, though. I don't, I'm not into feet. I, I, just, I just can't get into it. So I'm sorry. It sounds like I do, and I'm just trying to deny it, but I don't know. Um... Sometimes in porn it'll happen, I'm like, it's like boob jobs. Like, I don't think those are good either. I'm not, I'm not that into them either. So it's like, okay, can we go back to your mouth, please? Anyways, last question of the evening. Let's just end it here. Evening or morning, I don't give a shit when you're listening to this. Uh, if a male who can still get erections, no problem, takes Viagra, will it cause adverse problems since they can still get erections without the help of Viagra? I've been wanting to ask a family member or friend, but cannot get myself to do so, as it's rather very embarrassing for me. I apologize if this is a dumb question. Um, but uh, yeah, as a as a young kid, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that as a young kid. That's a doctor. Um, I take like I'm very open. I take antidepressants and shit like that, and I easily have to. You know, sometimes I can't just be jerking it all day. Uh, once, once a day, twice, maybe if the stars align, uh, and I'm really, really bored. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I'm not a doctor, so I may not be the best person to answer this question, but thank you for thinking of me. Um, what could happen is, uh, if 
you if you only if you can't get an erection without it, it could be a problem. So uh, that I think that could be a problem. I don't know if there is any sort of I don't know if there's not like a typical Viagra addiction because really only men only take it to when they want to fuck. Uh, I mean that's usually the the I mean I identify as a fucking threat. So I mean yeah so when you're young. Uh, you didn't say your age, um, but yeah, if you're having problems, uh, don't work. Don't I mean go to a doctor get some. I mean, I don't. I don't think it's. I mean, it's an. It's more embarrassing to be like, uh, man, I'm sorry, I'm having trouble getting hard. Or I'm just struggling. You know, struggling. It's more embarrassing to do that than be like, hold on, let me take a Viagra, so we can go full throttle. Let's go full throttle. I think that's the last embarrassing. Like, okay, yeah, I have a little bit of a problem. I here's. I mean, I take antidepressants, so. Uh, it's going to be more enjoyable for both of us. So give yourself that confidence, fellas. Take that Viagra. Take two. Take three. But if you can't do it without it, maybe ease off of it for a while, and uh, eventually you'll get one on your own again, I guess. Um, that probably didn't be a good answer, but it is the best answer. Um, and with that being said, that's how we are ending today's episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much everyone ladies and gents this is the moment you waited for it means the world to me that you were here and you finished the episode today and every day that you come here um you know let's go full throttle anyways though thank you for listening to the show follow me on social media at the shweezy that's everywhere tiktok twitter uh instagram facebook that's a great place to follow me and my music under Shweezy on all music platforms, Spotify, Apple, Tidal, Deezer, uh, YouTube, Amazon, all those places are a great way uh, to say thank you for being a friend. Like and uh, like, uh, if you have an Amazon Prime account, connecting that to your Twitch account to get a Twitch Prime so you can follow me, but you can also subscribe to me while I play video games on the interwebs. Um, and a great way to financially support the show is to support us on Patreon, uh, do a great way to say thank you for being a friend, but free shit. Like I'm saying, uh, YouTube for those watching the video, what you can do, like the episode, like the highlights you like, share the highlights you like, comment on them. I, I want to interact, you know, uh, if you're a dick, I'm not going to respond, but I, you know, I'm, I'm very interested in what other people have to say and your thoughts on things. So please do that. Um, now obviously if you are on the audio only platforms, what you can always go ahead and do is, uh, leave a review, give us a five, four, three, two, one star rating and, uh, share with your friends, share highlights, share everything with your friends. That's a great way to say thank you for being a friend, travel down this road and back again. If your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant. So with that being said, let's end this properly. Honk if you love butt drugs and, uh, stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg is in at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out, or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Hey, look at you, hun. You just finished a full episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much. Make sure, wherever you're watching or listening to the show, that you press the subscribe button and leave us a review as well. Like always, I just want to remind you once again to stay awesome.